Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. We all face challenges and obstacles in our lives. I grew up hearing, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or you just need to power through. Easier said than done, right? So according to this incredible online post that I found from a health center, emotional and psychological trauma is the result of extraordinarily frightening or distressful events that shatters our own sense of security and it makes us feel helpless. And most importantly, it leads to challenges in how we can function or normally cope, you know, after this, this trauma or tragedy. And, you know, such trauma can and include things like death, you know, an accident, a natural disaster, um, injury, you know, violent or sexual attacks, you know, being homeless, uh, poverty, emotional, and, and physical abuse. There's a, there's a wide array of, of how trauma can unfold. But what is most challenging is that these memories of this trauma, right, it becomes baggage. And it just repeatedly replays, you know, in our heads and in our hearts and in our souls. And it ends up then undermining your very sense of being normal just being normal in any given day, let alone your professional confidence, right? And success. So as such, like you can only imagine if this trauma happens in your childhood, the long lasting implications that this has. So when you think about how someone responds to trauma, right? There's no right or wrong way is is my take. And there's no normal way to respond to what is an abnormal situation. And, and the healing journey is an individual experience and clearly, you know, one benefits then from, you know, professional or medical or community support. So what we're going to share today are the stories of the most incredible leaders who have experienced trauma in different ways and at different points in their lives. And I am so humbly in awe of them. Because they've moved beyond these traumas, both personally and professionally. And they have gone on now to share with others their journey. And through their stories, they're guiding others and how to navigate their own way through their own traumas in their lives and how you come out on top of these challenges. They have stepped up to be here today with all of us today. And I am so grateful for that. So how does this apply to business? Well, as leaders in business, right, in corporate organizations, we should be celebrating the whole person, the whole journey, both personally and professionally, the successes, the failures, the challenges, the good, the bad. Um, The successful leader in organization is going to leverage all of these stories and experiences to benefit all. Gone are the days of when a company can say, okay, I'm going to cover, you know, medical, dental, vision, you know, insurance. Oh, and then the rest of that stuff, uh, just call the 1-800-EAP hotline. That's just not going to work anymore. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm Sarah Alter, your host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast and CEO and president of NEW. And I am joined today by Amber Sandberg, customer sales lead at Campbell Snacks. Good morning, Amber. Good morning. Uh, Dr. Christine Somerville, and she is director of programs at NAMI, Cook County, North Suburban. NAMI, Illinois is the statewide organization of the National Alliance on Mental Illness 
And yes, they have been a guest now with us a couple of times over, and we're so grateful for that ongoing partnership. And this group is the nation's largest grassroots community supporting people and families living with mental health concerns. And every year, this phenomenal group helps over 50,000 Illinoisans with cost-free support programs offered by trained volunteers who faced similar challenges. So welcome, um, Christine. So glad you're with us today. Thank you. And, and then our third guest, and she was not able to join us, but we are going to recognize and celebrate her, um, Delise uh, Knights-Barnett, Chief Diversity Officer at SGS Co., another great uh, next up and new partner. Um, she had a baby this week and we are so happy for her, a happy, healthy boy. And she is happy and healthy, her whole family. And, uh, you know, Delise, this gives you a pass here. When you've just had a baby, you don't have to show up on our radio show. So we know she was going to graciously share her story, but I know that aspects of of what she was going to share, we'll find threads of that in both what Christine and Amber are going to share today. So congratulations, Christine. We couldn't be happier for you and your family. All righty. So let's um, dive in. Um, Amber, and I always say this, beside the fact that I have invited you and you graciously agreed, I voluntold you, <laughs> um, you know, why join us today? What, you know, in your personal and professional journey brought you here? Well, thank you for having me. Of it's, course. It's both an <laughs> honor and it's it's very exciting. Um, I, I listen to your show every week. I've heard every segment um, and it actually came about when I had received an email and you were looking for um, Mm -hmm. leaders to speak on, um, it it was primarily around the pandemic, but really how they were overcoming and adapting, right? And that really resonated with me, not not even within um, these last couple of years and everything that we've gone through, but just with my life in general, because I have had to adapt and pivot and grow throughout my entire life. So I actually grew up in and out of the foster care system um, from the age of two, and I was in the system until I was 12. Um, And some might think, oh, that's amazing. Teenagers don't typically get adopted. And actually all four of my siblings, I'm sorry, all three of my siblings and myself, so four in total, were adopted all together, which is another unique circumstance. Um, One that you might say, wow, that's amazing. These must be great people. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, We were a paycheck to them. So, you know, throughout my entire life, that's just kind of been the story up until um, I made the choice to no longer let it be my story. Right. So the reason that I I wanted to, to come and share today is just to kind of bring light to the fact that you never know what someone is either going through or has been through. Absolutely. And sorry, you're able to see what they are now, right? But you don't know how they got there. And to your point, um, we have these, everyone in life has these different things that trigger them. Yeah. Uh, You know, and it it sets off either something that they're currently going through or something that they've been through in their past. So me coming on today to share my story and what I've experienced, I hope will help others to not only feel like they can share and that being vulnerable doesn't make them weak. But it's right. showing others just how strong they are and what they've overcome. Yeah, I and and I, and I know we're going to dive into it more, Amber. You you have made it like one of your life purposes, right? Is to to reach out and to continue to help others, and just I can't wait to have everybody hear how you've done that, you know, over time. And so, thank you so much again for coming here and being with us, um, Christine. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Now, Thank clearly, you. we and, and just so everybody knows, um, Christine is going to graciously share two perspectives here today. Um, you know, Christine has also had trauma in her life, and she's going to share her personal journey in that. Um, but then she also is an expert <laughs> being Dr. Somerville, and then she's going to help guide us with that type of thought leadership and advice that as you know, business leaders and, and corporate organizations, and honestly, just people too, right? As we we help our friends and family and neighbors, 
Um, so she's going to play two roles here today. But for, for this first part of our, our segment, um, Christine, what, what brings you here today personally? Um, well, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Uh, I've been an advocate for women my entire professional life. Um, and think that the work that you're doing is so important. So I am honored, as is Amber, to be here. And also, you know, trauma is something that we need to understand. And talking about it and learning the language um, gives us voice and empowerment for all of us. So I I think, you know, the topic today is one that um, really resonates with me. As you said, I wasn't intending to tell my story, but um, I will give you a glimpse of it. Um, Thank you. Right now, I was getting ready to graduate with my PhD program when a professor asked me if I would be willing to interview for a a job with a friend of his who was a college president. After two interviews, I was offered the job as executive assistant. And when I handed in my signed letter of acceptance, he shook my hand, thanked me and slapped me on my bum. I froze and I told myself I can handle this. But over the course of five years, I was harassed, threatened, followed, and eventually attacked. And I remember I I told no one. I was embarrassed. I thought it was my fault. Um, But I did tell my sister. And I told her that I didn't tell her what happened. I told her I was stressed going to work um, every morning. I couldn't focus. And bless her heart, she lived all the way across the country, but she made tapes for me that I could play in my car on the way to work to distract me. So my sister was reading to me some fiction mystery story. um, And that's how I got through it. Um, I did pursue legal action, but I was required to sign a gag order agreeing not to talk about it. And this was before the Me Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. So um, I am happy here to be here and talk about it. With the help of a mentor, I landed a similar position at a college, another college with the added responsibility of being an affirmative action officer. And, um, you know, I can talk more about that as as we go. Thank you for sharing this with us. It, it, I I referenced it as, as I was teeing, you know, up our discussion and um, what just so hit home with me was that this trauma never leaves you, right? That it's like this baggage and it just keeps replaying and and probably at the most inopportune moments, right? You know, particularly like from a professional perspective, um, you know, Amber, you, you call it the imposter syndrome, right? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah, I genuinely believe that everyone suffers from a little bit of imposter syndrome. And if you say oh, you don't, you're- I know. It, you're, yeah, yeah, you're in you're denial. In- Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But different things that have, that you've gone through in your life and the different ways that they impact you um, tend to leave you feeling as if you're not, you're not quite worth, um, you know, your true value, right? It makes you question your self-worth. It makes you question Mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. deserve to be where you are in life, even though you've worked so hard to get there, right? And, and everything that you've done to, to accomplish all of your goals and to continue to climb and grow as a person, whether professionally or personally, um, all of these different experiences that you go through in your life and this different trauma that you experience, it doesn't, it makes you feel like you're not enough or you're not going to be good enough. Um, And that's something that I experience on a regular basis. Right. And I, you try to push through, you try to work through, you have really good days where, you know, everything's going great and work's going great. And you had this big win, you know, and then you have other days where, you know, something didn't quite go your way or um, it wasn't as you anticipated, or even, you know, some, sometimes people will say things or do things, not realizing that um, that's a trigger for you. And so it can, it can change your entire day, your entire outlook on everything that you have going on. Um, so that, that's definitely, as you and I were connecting, something that, that I go through and experience. And as you said, there's, there's good and bad days. I mean, as we were preparing right. for this show and talking, you can't help but get emotional. And so there are days where you're strong and you're holding it together. You're like, wow, I, I made it through all of this. And then other days, you just fall apart. Yeah, yeah. 
No. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. Oh, Christine, jump in, please. Yeah. Well, I, I had to press the pause button for a moment. I, and, um, you know, because of those emotional triggers, like you say, Amber, I just, I have, I, I want to sort of tell you a little bit more about my journey, but I did have to stop. I had to like, just say, okay, let's, we'll talk about this a little later. So, you know, to continue sort of my journey, I, over time, um, I was noticing in this new position that um, my secretary and a few other employees were complaining about having to meet with a male employer in the print shop. And as I kind of talked more and more to them about it, I discovered that these women were being harassed by a person there. Um, you know, he was flirting with them. There was some touching going on and they felt extremely uncomfortable and um, didn't know how to handle it. Um, kind of like I did back in my trauma event. Um, I opened up an official investigation and the employee was eventually let go. And then when I left that position, I requested to have lunch with um, one of our vice presidents, who was in fact the supervisor of the employee that got let go. And I asked him for career advice. He suggested that I not be such a feminist, that it would hurt me in the long run, that I should let things kind of go the way they go. Well, you know, professionally, I promised myself I was not going to let anything like this happen again to me. And um, I was going to make my feminism leanings known in subsequent jobs. So I kind of leaned in as a way to protect myself. So, yeah. Wasn't going to happen to you or anyone yeah. right on your watch. And that, you know, that I, it, 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 you know, I, I know in Amber, you've done something similar as well. And, and we're going to get into that after the break, um, you know, about, you know, how can you help others then? Right. Um, the other thing, um, you know, like you, you in, in the business world, right? Like we have to be a hundred percent on, we have to be like 300% on. And, and, and it hits home with me too, that, you know, it's hard to be 300% on, you know, when you've got, you know, you know, you've got this trauma that just hits that replay button at the most, you know, inopportune times, you know, how do you go about then trying to, to, to squelch that, right. To suppress that because easier said than done. Right. Very true. Yeah. Amber, what, you know, what, what are some of the things that you do? So I have a fantastic support system and that, that is part of why I do what I do. Um, and I, so I am a mentor um, and, an, and a child advocate for children that are in, in foster care. Mm -hmm. Um. That's amazing. That is amazing. Amber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're one playing. of the biggest things that I found as I was growing in the system is you would have all of these individuals, right? They, they connect you with a caseworker and they connect you with counselors and try to provide support. But really, at the end of the day, when they want you to share and you finally open up, you know, and you share some things and they say, I understand. And you find yourself thinking, no, you don't. You, you mm -hmm. don't get it. You mm -hmm. haven't been there, right? Tell me a little bit about your life. Yeah, I didn't have that white picket fence. We didn't have a house. We lived in our car. Um, so what I, what I do is, is actually connect with these children so that yeah. they have someone who's been there. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, not only is it helping them, it helps me as well because I feel like I'm helping helping make sure that others know that they have the opportunity to become better. But as far as the support system, I have to tell you um, this, <laughs> a shameless shout out to Campbell's. I have the most amazing supervisor. I mean, just amazing. I have never been it. able to open up um, to someone so freely and share. So it's amazing. It's, Right. It's life changing it's amazing. because you can have a phone call. She'll reach out and say, you know, hey, Amber, I have this question on forecasting or whatever we have going on for that day. And I'll start talking and she can hear it in my tone and we'll stop and say, OK, hold on. This can wait a minute. What's going on? Yeah. 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 No, no. And it's and not a shameless 
Shout out. <laughs> Campbell's is a phenomenal organization. They're one of our amazing partners to use your term. And, and so glad to shine the spotlight. Christine, you were going to just say something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to, uh, you know, similar kinds of thoughts about this too. During my sexual trauma, I was very frightened. I was worried. I felt trapped. Um, I had worked really hard to achieve my educational goals, right? I had been in school forever and I wanted to excel in my career. And I was leveled by this experience. Um, You know, I was so proud of how I had stepped up to fight for other women in the second job that I was in. And I was shocked that others saw this as a barrier for me going forward. Um, You know, so it's, it's hard to talk about and it's, and, you know, you have to figure out, find those places in your work setting where you can feel comfortable. I am hypervigilant now in settings with powerful men. Um, I have radar when someone is objectifying women. Um, For many years, I doubted myself and tried not to be noticed and stand out because actually I thought I would lose my job if I, if I did stand out. Um, There's this book that was written called Tempered Radicals many, many years ago about people like us who want to, you know, rock the boat, but stay in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to, we want to be, we want to be accepted, but we want to still be who we are. And um, I think that these traumatic events bring us to those moments where we have to kind of fight for that. We have to fight for remaining who we are and remaining true for ourselves, right? Um, well, as the, the, the Me Too movement exploded, and thankfully, and long overdue, was that, did that feel liberating to you? Or, or did that, you know, how did that, did that help you in any way? Or? Yeah, you know, I, I, for me, it was like, finally, finally. Right. And I was actually going through this situation during the um, hearings with Anita Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. And those, that, that whole, that whole inquisition was a trigger for me. Um, but when Me Too came out, it was just, uh, it was giving me a ray of light and hope for all women, yeah. honestly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's and, and like you said, Amber, it's so important to find people at work. Um, I wanted to surround myself with like-minded people at work. Um, and I had to find my safe places. And I think that's what we do. We find people yeah. that are safe for us and places we can go and be us. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We're going to take a quick short commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to dive more into, okay, you know, how can we as leaders and organizations do a better job supporting individuals as they experience trauma? And as you said, Amber, reality is everybody will at some point or another. So um, we will be back in just a couple of minutes. And I want to thank everybody who has been listening in so far this morning to our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and where we post all of our podcasts. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI Solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. 
Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's N-E-W online.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And I am joined today by the incredible Amber Sandberg, customer sales lead at Campbell Snacks, and Dr. Christine Somerville, director of programs for NAMI Cook County North Suburban. And NAMI Illinois is the statewide organization of the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And in today's show, we're hearing from leaders who have battled personal trauma in their lives and how they've moved past this trauma over time and now selflessly step up to guide others in their own similar traumatic journeys. So, um, Christine, I'm going to shift you now to Dr. Somerville. (laughs) We're going to tap into your thought leadership and expertise. (laughs) Talk to us, because Amber, you put it out there, and and you're so right. We are all going to experience trauma if we already haven't, right? Like in one of our our past shows, we learned that one out of every five individuals in this next year is going to have some type of a mental health event, and it's typically going to be triggered by some type of trauma, right? But what, what do we know about trauma? Like, how does it show up? How common? How, how do you, how do you recognize it? Because, and, and I want us to dive into this because it, it, you know, sadly, I think people have this horrible misperception that, you know, oh, like I said, just, you know what, power through, you know, go see a therapist, you'll be fine, power through. Uh-uh, that can happen. So, so, so share with the audience, define it. Yeah, I mean, and, and we do, we power through, we do, we try to do that. But so here's some, um, you know, some statistics. Um, 61% of US adults report having had at least one traumatic event in their lifetime, 61%. And one in five experience four or more traumatic events. So, you know, as we were saying, it, it touches almost everyone. Um, Trauma can be anything. You mentioned this earlier in the program, Sarah. Trauma can be anything from abuse, neglect, household dysfunction. Um, It can be physical and emotional and sexual. sexual. Yeah. And neglect can be physical or emotional. Um, Neglect that happens at an early age can affect a child's ability to form bonding relationships And um, household dysfunction can include things like a mental illness in the family, 
Mm -hmm. um, a mother being treated violently, um, divorce, addiction, right? Addiction, yeah. addiction, substance yeah. use, uh, misuse, yeah. incarceration of a relative, um, you know, all sorts of different things can constitute um, uh, trauma. And, you know, a family can appear normal on the outside. I would imagine, Amber, your family, your adopted family appeared on the outside to be a normal family. Um, but we know, we know from your story and we know from research that um, underneath it all, there can be trauma inflicted and we don't see it. It's often invisible. Um, it doesn't only happen to children. You know, war can alter service persons' lives forever. We know about PTSD. Mm -hmm. That's sort of one of the more common, you know, aspects of, of uh, trauma. And our trauma experts acknowledge that being a witness to violence can have secondary traumatic effects on a person, kind of like secondary smoking. Right. Um, so yeah, so the, those are the those are kind of the facts around trauma. So understanding what trauma is, understanding how our own adverse life experiences have affected us is really important. And it's, you know, it's hard work, but we need to yeah. kind of face that and walk, walk through it through toward recovery. What, what is the biology of trauma? Like, how does it then, what are the implications then? It's, it's, it's clearly emotional, spiritual, mental, but yeah. then the biology of it. Yeah. So in, um, 1997, there was a study by the Kaiser Foundation and the CDC. It was a landmark study, and it was called um, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Um, and the way that this came about was um, there were two therapists, and they were, they were seeing clients, different kinds of clients. One was seeing clients with an eating disorders, eating disorders and obesity. And the other therapist was seeing clients with um, substance use problems. And they started talking to each other and they collaborated in, on this landmark study. Um, they started looking and asking questions of their clients about their past life experiences. Mm -hmm. And they discovered that in both cases, the people that were struggling with eating disorders, obesity, um, and the people that were struggling with substance use all had traumatic events in their life. They had, you know, they had all experienced something. And um, they found that, so, so they kind of made that connection there, that these, these events early on lead to health problems later on. And they did more research around that to, to discover that there was a connection. Yeah. Um, it can negatively affect education. Trauma can affect our job opportunities and our earning potentials. So um, traumatic events are strongly related to the development and prevalence of a wide range of health problems through a person's lifespan. Diabetes is one of those that can be brought on from a traumatic event. Lung disease, they find. Smoking. Smoking addiction, they find, has connections yeah. with trauma in early life. Um, so these connections are there. We just, you know, we don't re recognize it. We might get sick and not connect it to something that happened earlier in our life. But in fact, there are connections. Yeah, that's interesting too about diabetes because there was a lot of press too um, over the past two years with COVID and those that got COVID and that triggered diabetes. But then there are just other growing cases and, and instances of it um, just because of the stress, right, of, of all that we had to tackle. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, so Amber, we, we talked about this, I know, you know, as, as we were getting ready to have this discussion today, and, and this really hit home with me that, um, you know, you'd said there's stress and just figuring out and in your mind, identifying, okay, this was wrong. <laughs> this was wrong. And I didn't deserve this. And I need to move on now from it. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So as I, as I had mentioned earlier, it, I, I came to a point in my life where I decided I don't want this. Yeah. No. I don't want this life for myself. I don't want this life um, for my for any, children. For yeah. And, and I don't want it for anyone else ar around me either. Right. That are, that are going yeah. through this. Yeah. Um, as a child, you have no say really in what's going on around you or the choices that are being made by your parents. 
but you have a choice in how it impacts you in the future. And that's not only for, you know, people that have grown up in a similar situation as I, but for anyone going through any sort of experience that, that is traumatic to them, right? And for some, for some people, it's certain things are traumatic. Maybe, you know, they, their parents went through a divorce and you see with the different siblings, some are fine with it. They're okay. And others, it impacts them so significantly, yeah. Right. So trauma is yeah. so different for everyone. Something that I found interesting um, and that I, I share with others as I, as I tend to share my story that's rather shocking is that statistically 90% of the children that enter into the system and experience five or more moves within their life um, end up involved in the juvenile justice system. Wow. Wow. It's, yeah, it's significant. Um, and I actually have siblings that went down that path. Um, I, I have a sibling that I thought um, we would lose him. I, yeah. Every time my phone rang um, and my sister was calling, I thought it was to tell me that my brother had overdosed. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, um, he, he didn't. He actually got his life together. It took some pretty serious um, experiences, but he, he has been doing very well for the last couple of years, awesome. and I couldn't be more proud. But, you know, it's, it's tough because these, these children are put into these circumstances, and they have people around them similar to, to what you experienced, Christine, right? People making you feel like somehow it's your fault, um, and question your self-worth because of something that happened to you, not mm-hmm. from your actions, yeah. not from your choices. This was, this was happening to you as a result of, of others' actions and others' choices. Um, and it, it makes you question who you are. And that's part of why I try to connect with as many of the children who have the desire, right? Because if the desire is not there, you're not going to get anywhere. You don't get through. Um, someone has to make that choice themselves to, to want to change and to want to stop um, the cycle. Is there a specific group then that you work with, Amber? Because that just, I, I'm just so in awe of you that you, you know, are, are putting yourself out there to help others, right? Is there a specific group that you want to call out or shine the spotlight on? So there's not any one specific group that I work with, um, you know, only indirectly I connect with. I still stay in touch with actually my caseworkers from when I was a child. I connected, reconnected with them when I was 18 and then just connect with the local foster care systems. But there is um, an organization in Utah called, um, here's where it's going to get emotional. (laughs) Um, They're called the Christmas Box. Um, And they work with Children, sorry, I was so proud. I kept it together so long. <laughs> oh my goodness, real leaders cry, right? Like, right. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I even, you know, real CEOs cry. I heard somebody say once. And, no, thank you for thank you for sharing this. It's so it's the Christmas box. Oh yeah, gosh. and they they work with yeah. children that are neglected and abused. Um, they have facilities in Utah where the children can actually go and stay, right? Because we have so many children yeah. within the foster system and you have foster homes, you have shelter homes, which are like a short time foster home. A short term, you can only stay there. They don't keep children past like 90 days. Um, okay. So this facility allows the children to come and stay and you can donate clothing and items if you um, can't donate time or, or some people just don't it's almost like they want to pretend like it's not happening, right? So they don't want to firsthand witness it. Um, but they have a website where they're constantly asking for donations for things like hairbrushes um, and yeah. hygiene products and different things of that nature. Uh, but for, if not for, for organizations like them, my family would have never had Christmas as a kid. And I'll tell you, experiencing Christmas time with them, is, it's amazing. I mean, so I imagine it's the Christmas box.org, right? Yes. Okay. Um, not, not .org. I, I'll get you the exact. Um, and we'll post it. Right? Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. post it. Cause we always love to post, you know, URLs for all of our, our, our great participants. Um, Christine, let's talk about NAMI. Like how can NAMI then support, you know, business leaders and, and corporate org- organizations to do exactly what Amber shared? Like, you know, Campbell's has stepped up. You know, she has an incredible boss who is open to 
you know, being there to support her, you know, through this journey and setting her up for professional success because she is. Yeah. Um, what can what can Nami do? And, and we're going to post your URL as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, so, you know, Nami is there for the mental health needs of all. And like you said earlier on in the program, trauma and mental health concerns goes in, are goes hand in hand. Yeah. They're cousins, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so we have many, many support groups at, um, at Cook County North Suburban. We, we run 52 support groups a, a month, and um, they're open to anybody and everyone. Um, and so we have some that are targeted for, you know, uh, veterans, some that are targeted towards teens, and um, some for just for anybody. Um, so anybody can come to those. And we have education programs, too. We are working more and more with businesses and offering to come in and talk about um, mental health. And so we're getting, it's interesting, uh, since the pandemic, we've been getting many, many more requests for programs. So we're, we're there for any organization that would like for us to come in and talk to you know, their staff or their employees. We, we do that. That's kind of our business. Yeah, absolutely. It, so strength keeps coming to mind here. I'm, I'm, you know, hearing strength, I'm seeing strength because I can see you both, you know, I am feeling strength from you both. Um, Christine, talk to us about like the reality about adversity and strength and how the one begets the other. And then I want to get into, you know, that strength should be seen as like the you know, like the most important, you know, attribute or skill or aspect that somebody can bring to a business. Yeah. But let's talk about adversity and strength and how they're, they're cousins too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those, you know, those of us who have experienced a trauma or adversity of any kind, like Amber said, like poverty and um, we, we learn to adapt. We learn to adjust. We learn, we, we can become sometimes sort of chameleon-like. We know how to fit in and, um, and we know when to rock the boat. So, you know, those are skill sets that we have learned. And um, actually, you know, unfortunately we had to learn them, but they, they bring a lot of value to the workplace. And I think, you know, that's, so that's sort of a message that I want, you know, our listening leaders to, to get that, that, um, we find our own inner strength through these traumas, through these adversities. Um, and, you know, organizations need to recognize that the strength in their employees, we're like flowers in a garden, um, each of us needing different conditions to grow. Um, and so organizations, you know, I guess I would say I would, here's where I would make recommendations, right? Um, like organizations need to have personnel policies that support mental health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that means mental health days off work. That means flex time for self-care. That means understanding every employee is dealing with their own private journey. Like you mentioned, Amber, that we, we cannot know what your journey is, um, but we need to show compassion for whatever it is you're going through at any moment in time. Um, and, and my last thing is, I, it, we've been talking about this through the whole program, is the mentorship piece is so, so important. Yeah. Um, it's essential. And I think that mentorship programs should be in every organization. And, and then, you know, from my own experience, I found mentors. I found those uh, male allies that you mentioned uh, early on in the program, Sarah. I found women mentors. Um, and I think it's important for people to find their own mentor in addition to whatever the organization provides and, and should provide. I think we each need to, as leaders, as developing leaders, find our own mentors outside of that structure and um, find people that we can trust, find people that we know will have our back, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and when people are allowed to, to be them, their true selves and feel safe, they're going to thrive. We have to tell our truths, right? Mm -hmm. And that's so key too, because not everyone may be blessed or fortunate enough 
to have like a, a boss, you know, employee relationship like Amber does, right? Where you you feel like your relationship with your supervisor, it's a safe space. You know, you can you can bring your truth. You know, you can bring the good days and the bad days. <laughs> And you're not going to be judged. You're going to be supported. And so to your point, you know, Christine, it's if that's not necessarily going to happen there, like where can it happen within the organization? And and traditionally, it's always been, oh, go to HR. Right. Right. But it's it's like it should, we should all be, you know, um, providing that support system. Yeah. And I just want to add to what you said, Christine, you know, you're talking about comparing us to to flowers, right? And we all grow and develop. This is the first time that I've ever had the kind of support that I have. And I've worked for amazing companies with amazing people, right? But it was just that that small piece that was missing. And I can tell you that over the last four years that I've been with Campbell's, I have grown exponentially. And not only because you get older, right? You learn more as you, and with age comes knowledge, right? Not, it's not just that, it's the support that's provided, (laughs) you know, and you honestly, to be able to bring my whole authentic self to work and Uh just be me, regardless of what I have going on and be able to be open and share it's so important. And so I would encourage leaders, you know, to practice emotional intelligence, and check in with your staff, yeah. monitor them often, you know, check in and just see if they're okay, fill them out, but be genuine about it, right? I mean, right. a person right. can tell if you're genuine or not. And that's when you get the, oh, I'm fine response versus maybe what they really have going on. And, you know, when when you do see those, those signs that, that they may be experiencing something, you know, signs of stress, difficulty concentrating, Um, having strong emotions at work or avoiding engaging with others. You know, those are all, all signs that they may have something going on. Don't, don't immediately assume that it's, um, you know, incompetence on their part or, you know, that they, they, (laughs) you know, or that they're checked out. That's not the case. Most of the time they just need and, and more often than not, just need someone to talk to, right? Just need right. someone to understand, someone to support them. Maybe it's someone to to give them a pat on the back and remind them, you're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is so true. You know, another piece of this is um, there's, you know, people might take off work if they're not feeling up to snuff. And so there could be a, a series of absenteeisms that occur when someone is really struggling. But the opposite can happen, too. There can be what we call uh, presenteeism, and that is when people are struggling and they are powering through it and they're working nonstop, 24-7, you know, trying to dig in so that they don't have to deal with their stuff. Um, that's common, too. It's, it's a very common mental um, health response. Um, and so, you know, like you said, Amber, kind of ha- leaders... Managers have to have that radar to see what's going on with their employees, and it's going to be different for everyone. Someone might be absent. Someone might be overly present, right? You got, you got to really pay attention. So, yeah, th- those points are really, really good. Really good, Amber. Yeah, yeah. And as, as, as you think about it, too, it's like uh, particularly these past two years, we, we saw it like within our own team, and I heard others as well, people weren't taking vacation. Right. right. They weren't taking days off because, you know, sadly, we really couldn't go anywhere. Right? <laughs> However, you, you can see how detrimental that could be, you know. Yeah. And so that's another thing to your point, you know, Christine, that we always need to encourage our team members to take that time off. Right. Because it's as, as much a mental health day. I remember how we used to all joke about that, like, oh, I'm going to take a mental health day. And we said it jokingly. It's like, no, in reality, you need to take a mental health day because you need to recharge, right? Yeah. What an incredible discussion today. And and um, Christine and Amber, I, I just, we cannot thank you enough. I so admire both of you. You brought great strength to our discussion today. Um, And you just have impacted countless people by, you know, sharing your personal stories, but then more importantly, you know, giving that guidance and advice and inspiration for all of us to be helping others, not just ourselves, 
but others, because we know we're all going to experience trauma at some point, and, and that's where we need to be there for each other to navigate those good times, those bad times, and those crazy times. So thank you. Thank you so much. So grateful that you stepped up to do this. Um, I want to thank everybody who listened in today. Uh, we have hit that 40,000 <laughs> listener mark. I can't even believe it. Um, I think this is like our 38th or 39th show. And wow, time flies when you're having fun. Um, Voice America, as always, thank you for giving me and new the opportunity to share our voice and our mission with all of you. But most importantly, to, to continue to guide all of our business listeners on, hey, here are the, the issues and topics that you need to be thinking about, right? And, and making sure that you are doing all that you can to set all women up for success in business. And, and even more importantly, allowing us to shine the spotlight on incredible individuals like Amber and, and Christine. Um so in our show next week, okay, this is going to be a really exciting show. <laughs> um, we have for the last 21 years, um, our mission has been to advance all women in business, indeed, and our mission, she stays the same. But you're going to learn that we are changing our name, our brand, our voice, and yeah, we've been transforming ourselves, our incredible community over the last you know couple of years. But you're going to hear about what's coming next for new. And I'm not going to tell you the name. You got to tune in next week. Um, and in that conversation, we're going to talk about you know, hey, brand transformation. Like we've all had to hit the reset button these last two years, you know, personally and professionally, and. Uh, you know, business leaders and organizations have got to continue to transform continually, you know, to be successful. So again, not going to spoil the surprise, but you're going to hear about our new name and voice next year. So to learn um, more about new and listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. And again, I keep asking and I'm not getting anybody to reach out. So please do. I, I know you're all crazy busy, but um, we'd love your thoughts on any types of topics, and you can always um, reach us, reach out to us at inspire at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for always listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.